Do you know that from your position, you can change a situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shegun Obaje as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. Glory to God. What a wonderful God we serve. Amen. I said amen. And so, Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your love and your goodness. Blessed be your holy name. Our hearts are open to receive your word today. We ask that your word will come to us, everyone of us here present, and those watching online in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. We give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Let me hear your resounding amen. Let me hear your resounding amen. amen. I can't hear you yet. Let me hear your resounding amen. amen. Glory to God. You know, that psalm that Pastor Funke um, read to us earlier really ministered to me, really blessed me. Psalm 44, amen, and verse 3. <laughs> I just want to let you in on what blessed me there, all right? I believe it's going to bless you. Amen? It's going to bless you also. Psalm 44 and verse 3. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand. Come on, say right hand. Thy right hand and thine arm. Okay? Now, what, with what do you hold you, the sword for right-handed people generally? Amen? The right hand, Right? Okay, so when it comes to fighting, two things are involved. Your right hand and then your arm. Your arms here, arms, I mean arm rather, stands for strength. But it tells us here, it says, they did not get the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them. So instead of their hand, their right hand holding onto the sword, and their strength saving them, God says, save your right hand, save your strength. But thy right hand, so that means God's right hand took the place of their own right hands. And thine arm, the strength of God, all right, took the place of their strength. Glory to God. That means the strength of God came into place instead of their own strength. And the light of thy countenance. Someone say the light of thy countenance. The light of God's countenance. Because thou hast a favor unto them. So that means the favor of God will engage his right hand on your behalf. The favor of God will engage his arm, his strength on your behalf. Now why did God stretch forth his right hand? Why did God use his strength? On their behalf, why did the light of his countenance, his goodness, come upon them? Because thou hast a favor unto them. Favor, come and say favor. Psalm 5 and verse 12. Thou will bless the righteous with favor without surround him or compass him as with a shield. The favor of God. Come and say favor. Now, who is a righteous man? 
A righteous man is a man who has reposed faith in Jesus Christ. If you are born again, God has made you righteous. Can someone say amen to that? Now, what is the lot? What is the inheritance of the righteous? The Bible says favor. Come on, say favor. I can't hear you. Say favor. I can't hear you. Say favor. Now, because of that favor, the right hand of God is engaged. The arm of God is engaged. Hallelujah. So, what is the result of that? An inheritance. He says, they got not the land in possession. Now, can I, can I speak to somebody here? By the favor of God upon your life, the right hand of God is working for you right now. By the favor of God on your life, the arm of God is working for you right now. Come into ownership. <laughs> Come into ownership. Come into ownership of landed property, of houses, of companies, of outfits, mega corporations, enterprises. Come into ownership by the right hand of God. You are highly favored of God. Now, I wanted to say it at least 20 times. I'm highly favored of God. 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 I am highly favored of God. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen. God is fighting somebody's battle right now. If you're that person, let me hear you shout hallelujah. Why? Because of his favor on your life. I want you to tell yourself, if you can tell a neighbor beside you, just tell somebody, the favor of God is on my life. 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 Glory to God. Amen. Now, I have a strong witness in my heart by the Spirit of God that before the end of this year, there are people here before the end of this year, you are coming into ownership. Ownership. You didn't hear me. I said ownership. Ownership. Now you can name it. Just name it now. Ownership. Of ownership. Can I give you one minute to name that thing? Ownership of what? Ownership. 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 Ownership in the name of Jesus. Ownership. 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 Thank you, Father. 
in Jesus mighty name we have prayed father we thank you for the entrance of your word has given us light in Jesus name amen please you may be seated in the name of Jesus all right we are in a special month and this is a month of miracles of our union with Christ amen miracles of our union with Christ and we have been looking at matters regarding our union with Christ and today we're looking at believers authority <laughs> glory to God the believers authority now God's purpose and God's counsel is eternal Everything God purposes to do is eternal. The counsel of God never comes to an end. The Bible tells us that many are the devices of the heart of a man, but the counsel of God that shall stand. So when God purposed in the beginning, according to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, to create man in his own image and after his likeness, he proposed that man would have dominion over all the fish of the sea and over all the fowl of the air and over every living creeping thing, every creeping thing on the earth. That means God proposed that man would have dominion over all the earth. Over. Over. And we say that word together. Say over. All right. Not just on the earth but over over the earth that means the place of man's dominion is not on the earth literally but in the heavenly places over the earth and so the bible tells us in verse 27 of genesis chapter 1 so God made man in his own image in the image of God made he him male and female created he them so God actualized his purpose and made man his under ruler on earth. Someone with dominion, someone with power, someone with authority to rule over the earth. Over. Over. The body of man is domiciled here on earth, but his spirit ought to rule and reign from the heavenlies. This was God's design. And I'm going to show it to you. We've seen it here. This is the first witness, verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1. And then the Bible tells us in Psalm 82 and verse 6. God said, I have said, ye are gods. And all of you children of the Most High. Ye are gods. The word gods there doesn't mean that God wants to have many gods now that can compete with him. There's only one God. But what he's saying in essence here. He's saying that I want to have rulers like myself, like me. Rulers. The word God simply means rulers. Can we say that together? Say rulers. Mm -hmm. Rulers are people that set the rule. People whose words are laws. People whose words are decrees. People who are meant to speak and it is done. People who are meant to command 
and it stands still or fast. That is the intention of God here, rulers. You remember when God told Moses, he said, I've made you a God unto Pharaoh. What did he mean? He meant, look, you now call the shots. You are a ruler unto Pharaoh. Glory to God. That's what it means. God's rule. God's rule. And then again, the Bible tells us in Psalm 8 and verse 3. Psalm 8 and verse 3. It says, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, and the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and has crowned him with glory and honor. Come on, say glory and honor. All right. You have crowned him with glory and honor. Verse 6. Thou madest him to have dominion over, over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. You see, that is the plan of God. Thou hast made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things, how many things? All things under his feet. Read on. All sheep and oxen, yea, all the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and all the, and the fish of the sea, everything God has put under man. So that means God intended for man to rule over the earth. This is the counsel, the purpose of God for man. And then again in Psalm 115 and verse 6. Psalm 115 and verse 16, I beg your pardon. Psalm 115 and verse 16. It says, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth had he given to the children of man. That means he has given the earth to the children of man to dominate, to rule over. Can someone say amen to that? Mm -hmm. That's your destiny. I want you to say to yourself, say, I'm a ruler. I can't hear you. Say, I'm a king. Louder. Say, I'm a ruler. I'm a king. So this was God's plan for man in the beginning. And then God, having said that in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, then formed man from the dust of the ground. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, and the Bible tells us that God breathed into man the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So man now, a living soul, with a physical body, God now placed the man in the garden of Eden that he had planted. The Bible tells us in verse 15 of that Genesis chapter 2 that God took the man that he had formed and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. To dress it and to keep it. And then God gave man a command. In verse 16, and the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, for the day you eat of it you shall surely die. Now the concept of death here is not that life comes to an end or ceases to be. The concept of death from scriptures is not cessation of life, but separation from life. So that means God was saying to man, the day you disobey my command, you will die and you'll be separated from this life of dominion. 
you'll be separated from this life of dominion and you will eventually be separated from this natural life living in the body so in other words god was saying to man that man was going to die twice in fact if you read in the original manuscript in hebrew the old testament was originally written in hebrew and then the greek the new testament in greek if you read it it says for in the day that thou eatest thereof in deaths plural you shall die in fact if you read the word surely die that word means thou shalt die die in other words it means thou shalt die and die all right until you are dead that was what god meant god meant number one you will die spiritually meaning you'll be separated from union with god that empowers you to exercise dominion over the earth and then you will eventually die physically by being separated from your body so he meant deaths not death as in singular but deaths as in as in plural so that means that death was the penalty for disobeying god death was the penalty for disobeying god what happened thereafter we saw how that man eventually disobeyed god and disobeyed the command of god in genesis chapter 3 and verse 6 it says and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her and he did eat verse 7 and the eyes of them both were opened to their dominion no and the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked their eyes were open to their nakedness and they sewed fig trees fig leaves rather together and made themselves aprons so that means man died spiritually that kind of life that he once had in union with god to exercise authority over all the earth he lost it and then 900 and something years thereafter adam died see physical death so the mother of physical death is spiritual death because man had died spiritually so he could die physically so he eventually died physically now the bible tells us here very clearly that the temptation was actually twofold number one it was a temptation to draw adam out of his place of dominion and number two to subjugate him to satan satan in that temptation eventually subjugated man under him the bible tells us very clearly from the word of god in romans chapter 6 and verse 16 it says do you not know that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness so obedience here simply means worship now you cannot obey god without bowing to him without yielding yourself to him without bowing yourself to him that's what obedience is so when adam disobeyed god directly and obeyed satan indirectly adam was subjugated to satan adam yielded his authority to satan satan by the seat usurped the authority of adam and what happened 
thereafter. The Bible tells us that Adam became one of the subjects of Satan. He, could, he couldn't rule over the world anymore. He lost his dominion. The Bible tells us again and again, Jesus referring to Satan as the prince of this world. A prince is a ruler. A prince is someone with authority, someone with kingdom authority. So the Bible tells us here that Jesus himself in his earthly ministry referred to Satan as the prince of this world. John chapter 12 and verse 31, the prince of this world. John 14 and verse 30, the prince of this world. And then John chapter 16 and verse 11, the prince of this world. So that means Jesus the Lord himself recognized in his at work here that Satan was the prince of this world. The prince of this world. Again in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2, he is called the prince of this world. He had taken authority from man. God didn't make him prince. God never enthroned Satan. God never gave him charge over the earth. God gave Adam charge over the earth. He gave man charge over the earth. But Satan usurped that authority through the seed and seized it from man and then became the God or prince of this world. In 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4, he's called the God of this world, meaning prince of this world, meaning ruler of this world. A God is a ruler. Okay? And so, the Bible tells us that Satan, in his wickedness, in his depravity, in his cunningness, seized authority from man and began to impose his wicked, devilish nature on the earth. His rulership became very deadly and wicked because he himself is wicked. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, if you start reading here from verse 12, Paul by the Holy Spirit showing us the uh, structure of kingdom of Satan over the earth. And it tells us, it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now note what it says, it says against principality, prince of a particular locality is called principality. Powers. Powers are dominions. The exact influence under the influence of principalities. And then rulers of the darkness. Darkness of this world. And then he says, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Those are foot soldiers. They execute the counsel of, you know, the rulers. And then the rulers execute the counsel of powers. And the powers are subject to principalities. That is the order of rulership in the kingdom of darkness. Now, how did he get that space to exact himself over the earth? He did by seizing that authority from man through the seat. All right, the woman was deceived. The man knew what he was doing, but he just entered him long, long, I mean headlong, and he was trapped by the devil. He became a subject of Satan. So man lost his authority to Satan, was subjugated by Satan. In fact, Satan himself showed or proved it to Jesus, the Lord, in the temptation that he had authority over the kingdoms of the world. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 5, the Bible says, And the devil taking him up into a high mountain, 
showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, if that for that it for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Now, note what he said, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Alright? In other words, he's saying here, I have that power. Who gave it to him? God? No. God never enthroned his enemy, the devil. Adam enthroned Satan. Now, let me tell you this. Listen very carefully. God is not responsible for the problems in the world today. Man is. It was Adam, the first man, the federal head of humanity, that handed over his authority over the earth to Satan. When he obeyed Satan, he was subjugated by Satan. He yielded himself to Satan. And Satan took that authority from him and the authority of all the kingdoms over the earth and the glories thereof. And then he was telling Jesus, the Lord in the temptation in the wilderness, that look, this has been delivered unto me. Who delivered it to him? Adam did. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. So that means he was telling Jesus, the Lord, I have the right to use this authority because it was Adam that gave it to me. So instead of Adam being the prince of the world, Satan took that title and became the prince of this world, ruler. He began to rule over the world. And then he began to exact his wickedness on the systems of the world. Wars, selfishness, hatred, malice, corruption, murder, suicide. Those, those traits reflect the nature of Satan. He began to manipulate men to walk contrary to the will of God. Hallelujah. So Adam lost his authority. Somebody needed to stand in man's stead to die for man. Why? Because God had said in his righteousness and justice, the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. In death you shall die. You shall die and die. That was what God meant. So man needed a substitute. Someone to bear the punishment the penalty for man's sin. For the soul that sins shall die. The wages of sin is death. So Jesus had to come. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. The substitute that God provided for man in his mercy. John chapter 1 and verse 29. Jesus is called the Lamb of God. He is called the substitute of man. So the Bible tells us he came... He never partook of the sin nature or life of man. He was born without the help of a male man. Jesus was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And he, he took on the flesh, I mean the natural form of man, without partaking of the nature of man. So it was not through fertilization that he was born, not through copulation that he was born jesus was born by incarnation can we say that together incarnation incarnation is a spiritual um, and a theological word that shows that a being can come from another world and take the form 
of beings in this world and live like beings in this world. It's called incarnation. And it's there in the Bible. John, Gospel account said John chapter 1 and verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. All things were made by Him. So that means before He took on that human form of flesh, He had been in the world, all right, of the Spirit before the world was made. The Bible tells us that Jesus, the living Word, was before the beginning, and by Him all things were made. Now, when it was time for him to come as man's substitute because man sinned, man was punished for his sins. So he had to take the form of man. Amen? The Bible says, and the word that was in the beginning was incarnated, became flesh. That's the concept. The word became flesh, took on the form of natural man. And the word was became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the word came in the form of man. And God called him the Lamb of God, the substitute of man. Glory to God. So Jesus had to die. He had to die. Look at Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 11. He had to die for man's sins. For the wages of sin is dead. To satisfy the claim of justice in heaven. Man had sinned against the eternal law of God. A man had to die. That was the sentence God had placed on man. But the mercy of God provided a substitute for man to take the place of man so that the chastisement or punishment required to give, I mean, to give man peace might be laid on him, on man's substitute. Hallelujah. So the Bible tells us here in Hebrews chapter 2, from verse 11, he says, but both he that sanctified and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to be called, to call them brethren. Verse 12, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church, will I pray, sing praise unto thee. Hallelujah. Verse 13, and again, I will put my trust in him, and again, uh, behold, I and the children which God had given me, we are for signs and wonders. Glory to God. And then verse 14, this is where we're going. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. He took, he took on the form of man. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. We are digging deep into Satan's secret. Amen? So he may be angry. He can't do anything. All right? Now, listen very carefully. We're exposing him from the word of God. Because when we are done teaching, you can see that the devil is nothing. Hallelujah. Now, listen to this. The Bible tells us in verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So he partook of flesh and blood, being the seed of Abraham. He identified with man. Now, before he died and took our place as our substitute, the Bible tells us that he had power over Satan. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10 and verse 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all those that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God was with him. 
God was with him. Glory to God. God was with him. So that means he began to cast out devils from people. Devils did not have power over him. The devils knew him by his name. We know who you are. You are the only one of God. And they will scream out of people. Jesus will say, hush, come out of him. And immediately those devils left those bodies. Why? Because the son of God had never been under the influence of the devil. Didn't lose his authority over the devil. Had always been God, sovereign authority, belonged to him belongs to him and belongs to him forever glory to god so he, he didn't lose his authority over satan now hear this he took man's place and then he died first and foremost to pay the penalty for man's sin the soul that sins shall die not may die shall die it's a law of god so he died to take man's place. <laughs> glory to God. I said glory to God. Did you get that? All right. Now, what does that mean? It simply means that Jesus Christ carried on himself the penalty for our sin, which was death. So he died twice because God said, in deaths you shall die. In deaths you shall surely die. You shall die and die. Die, die. On the cross, he lost communion with his father. When he took our place and represented us before God and the judgment of God was placed upon him. He couldn't call God father. He cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi Lamak Sabachthani. Oh God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He couldn't say, oh father, my father. No, he could not call him father. He was separated from that very life and union with the father because he had become our substitute and our sin had been placed upon him. Hallelujah. Did you see that? Come on now. Did you see that? Our sin had been placed upon him. He had become our substitute. Praise God. All right. So what then happened? Having paid, paid the full penalty for our sins, the Bible tells us that he waited for God, the Father, to justify him. The Bible tells us very clearly from the word of God that Jesus died for our sins and for three days he was in the grave until the third day. The third day, the Bible tells us that he was justified in the spirit. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. That means God declared him justified, having paid the full penalty for our sins now if he didn't pay the full penalty for our sins all right and had not paid it the father would not have justified him the father justified him here showing that he had paid the full penalty for penalty for our sins he says and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness god was manifest in the flesh justified where in the spirit he was justified he was justified. Glory to God. He was justified. Why? Because he had paid the full penalty for our sins. Amen. Romans chapter 4 and verse 25 tells us. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 25, the Bible tells us, For who delivered, uh, who was delivered for offenses, God delivered him up for offenses and was raised again for our justification. 
So that means he was justified first and then raised again. When he was justified, we were justified with him. But we're coming to that. But let's see this first. He was justified. God says, now I declare you righteous. Alright? No more guilt. No more penalty for sin. The price has been paid. Now you can be raised from the dead. So he justified him. Glory to God. Now, after that God justified him, the Bible says he was made alive by the Holy Spirit. In other words, made alive by the Holy Spirit in his spirit. He was quickened. He was made alive. First Peter 3 and verse 18, it tells us that he was quickened by the Spirit, made alive by the Spirit. Justified first, and then quickened in the Spirit, made alive by the Spirit. That means God revived him back to life. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, the Bible tells us that the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead. All right, Speaking of the fact that the spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead, quickened him, gave life to him, having been justified. The penalty for sin had been paid. The penalty for sin had been paid. paid and Jesus Christ has been justified. And the Bible tells us now that he's been justified... He can be raised from the dead. In other words, he can walk out of the grave. Glory to God. So he was justified, quickened by the Spirit, and then raised from the dead. Did you see that? He walked out of the grave. He walked out of the grave. But before he did that, listen very carefully, he had whipped Satan on our behalf. Amen. He had whipped Satan for us. He had defeated him. Glory to God. Now, one power Satan has, all right, or used to have better put, um, was the power of death. Death. The power to kill. The power to destroy. The power to kill. He seized that power when he brought man under his leadership and his dominion. And he seized that power to kill to destroy. The Bible says um, in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 that him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So when Jesus was raised from the dead, that simply means that the power of Satan, the power of death must have been broken. Because if the power of Satan was not broken, then Jesus would not have been raised from the dead. So Jesus was raised from the dead because the power of Satan had been broken. Glory to God. The power of Satan had been broken. That power was destroyed. That power of death was destroyed. Hallelujah. He broke that power. And that's, that's the power of Satan. That's the power that Satan had. That was the power he had. He broke that power. And he shows us when he was raised from the dead in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. After that Christ had been raised from the dead, he says, I am he that liveth and was dead. Was dead. And behold, I am alive for how long? Forevermore. And amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. The keys of hell and of death. The keys of hell and of death. Glory to God. The keys of hell and of death was given to him. So that means he's, ha- he's received authority over hell and over death. Can someone say hallelujah? Now, the Bible does not tell us any other power that the devil has other than this power, the power of death. This was the devil's power. 
He had the power to kill, to steal, to force, to force, first, of form, first and foremost, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ broke that power and he took the keys of hell and of death from the devil. Can someone say hallelujah? All right. He took it from him. So the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ then came to man and announced his lordship over the whole universe. His lordship over the earth. Hallelujah. Now, the power to rule over the earth at first was conferred on the first Adam. But this time around, God says, I'm not going to do it that way. Yes, it's still Adam that will have it. But this is going to be the last Adam. I want to ensure this authority. I will put this authority in my son, Jesus Christ. A man like man. And in his name, men will now exercise that authority in union with him. Such that even when men make mistakes, even when men err, glory to God, that authority cannot be seized from them. Because it is not domiciled in them, literally. It is domiciled in Jesus, the anointed one. And in union with him, they can exercise this authority in his name. Can someone say hallelujah? So this authority is in short forever. Say amen to that. (laughs) Glory to God. Now listen to this. So he came to man and announced his victory over Satan over sin, over the whole world, the kingdoms of this world. His dominion over the kingdoms of this world. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 28, if you read from verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, this was after he had been raised from the dead, saying all power, the word power there is from the root word exousia. All power, meaning all authority, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All authority, glory to God. All, come and say all. I can't hear you. Come and say all. All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So announcing that now power has changed hands. Glory to God. All right. You know, power doesn't change hands now. He's in power must change hands. No, he's not changing hands now. It, it changed hands then. When Christ was raised from the dead. Are you from what I'm saying here? We're exercising his authority now, not changing now. He's no longer with the devil. You can ask him, he will tell you. If he will tell you the truth. But thank God for the word. I said thank God for the word. I said thank God for the word. Now look at what the Bible says. The one who had the power of death. That is the devil. Had, not has. Hebrews 2 and verse 14. Had the power of death. Did you see that? (laughs) All right. So the, the epistles reveals to us how Jesus did this beyond sight. Beyond the five physical senses. That means what transpired in the realm of the spirit. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10. The Bible now reveals to us what transpired in the realm of the spirit. It says you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. Who is the head of all principality and power? 
Come on, who is the head of all principality and power? Jesus. Let's go back a little bit. Start from verse 8, please. I want you to see this. Okay, jump to verse 9, please. For in him, speaking of Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then verse 10, it says, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Who is the head of all principality and power? Jesus the Christ. Verse 11, now follow that. In whom ye were, ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. All right, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the oppression of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, had he quickened or made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Say, My sins have been forgiven me. Okay, I can't hear you. Say, My sins have been forgiven me. All right, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled or disarmed or neutralized principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He made a show of them where? Come on now, openly. That means when Jesus spoiled or disarmed or neutralized principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly in the three realms of existence. Glory to God. In heaven, in earth, and beneath the earth. He made a show of them openly. See, I have defeated them. Not for myself. He didn't need that victory for himself. He was never under the devil until he took our place. had never been under the devil. Until he took our place and then he had to yield himself to death. Are you following what I'm saying here? Come on now, talk to me. Are you following what I'm saying here? All right. See? So the Bible tells us very clearly that Jesus Christ spoiled, he disarmed principalities and powers and he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Right now, according to the record we have in heaven, According to what is in the mind of God, eternal justice in heaven, what God sees, all right, right now regarding Satan is that he's defeated. And that's why we preach the gospel to educate people that Satan has been defeated. Don't glamorize him. Are you from in here? He's been defeated. And Jesus did not defeat Satan for himself. He defeated Satan by himself for us. He didn't defeat Satan for himself. No. He did that for us. Can someone say amen to that? He did that for us. Glory to God. Now let's read three more scriptures and then we close. (laughs) Because this, this is a series. You see, if you know this truth, you will live life in the realm of God. You will live in dominion the rest of your life. Oh dear. I was in the meeting. It was at Adoikiti. There was someone that just started manifesting, you know, like a seizure. Gripped the person. And wanted to distract the meeting. I said, hey, bring him here. They brought him. And I held his head. I said, in the name of Jesus, thou foul spirit of seizure, 
Be gone and never come again. Immediately he revived. Amen. He sent in his testimony years after. Between that time and the time he sent his testimony and forever. Amen. No seizure anymore. Can someone say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's the authority we have in Christ. I said that is the authority we have in Christ. Amen. It's for some of you, you have to hear this, you know, a lot, like, for like two months, because the way you're looking, <laughs> mm. <laughs> all right, let this mind be in you. So you have to let this mind be in you, the mind of dominion. Say amen to that. Mm-hmm. So let's read just two or three more scriptures, and then we close for the day. <laughs> Glory to God, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now the Bible tells us in Ephesians, go to Ephesians quickly. We started reading Ephesians chapter 1, we started reading from verse 17. Paul praying for the church at Ephesus. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us what who believe? That is loaded. That is loaded. Now, God didn't need to exercise his little finger to raise Jesus from the dead. Death is not that powerful. But he did something deliberately. He put all his power, all his might. Look at it, exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. All the words used for power, authority, might in the Greek. Everything was expended, used in just one verse of that scripture. In other words, God put everything into raising Jesus from the dead, not because death was that powerful, But he did that because he wanted all that power to be towards us who believe. In other words, through Christ, he wanted to give us sovereign authority to rule over the earth, to rule over Satan. And what he's doing here is that he's reinstating man back to authority, but much more. The authority that man had lost, but much more. He was bringing man back to union with Christ, but much more. Union with God, but much more. Hallelujah. Now we are to rule from the right hand, the center of power of the whole universe. We are to rule from that place. We are seated together with him at that place, at the right hand of the Father. We are seated together with him. So God, the Father, meant to do something. So he released every power every might, every authority, everything within him, and he directed that at the grave where Jesus was. And he made him alive. He quickened him and raised him from the dead. All right? To what end? To one end. One end. That he might exercise all that power on behalf of man who is in union with Christ. Amen. Man is powerful. 
Man is the reason for this whole universe. All the planetary bodies were made just because of the earth. And the earth was made because of man. But God made man for himself. So the whole universe, you see, that's why there is no reason for you to be poor. There's no reason for you to be under the influence of Satan. Why? Because in Christ, you have come into union with God. And what he did for you, he actually did. That you might enter into fellowship with him and share in his oneness, in his authority, in his sovereignty, over and above all the earth, all the devils put together. Glory to God. Amen. Now, this is God's plan for man, to raise you to a point where you are called a principality. Yes. Now, watch. That's what they will, they will start calling me very soon. Amen. All right. They say, that man is a principality. Hallelujah. Why? Because, you see, that's my destiny. <laughs> Someone say, hmm, hey, principality. But when you hear principality, people quickly think about devils. Why? Why? The devil is an outlaw. Amen? And he is defeated. I said he is defeated. I said he is defeated. Go back to Ephesians. Let's just end on that note for time. I can keep you here for three months. When I'm done teaching you, all right, you go out there. When they say there's a devil, you just, all right, not, hey, Jesus, Jesus, oh, Jesus. No. Thou shalt not call the name of God in vain. Over what? Amen? I said amen. amen. Oh, glory to God. You, you are not quiet on me now. I said amen. amen. <laughs> I said amen. amen. Okay. What do you feed on? What is your food like? Show me your menu. I want to see your menu list. And I will tell you the kind of life you can live. Amen. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us what who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought where? In Christ. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above. Not just above. Far above. Can we say that together? Come on now. Far above. Alright, if someone comes to you and says, Ah, I'm coming from Badagri. Please, I'm going to um, Ekiti. Ekiti State. I do Ekiti. Ah, you know the way you say, Ah, your, your way is Ekiti is far. You know, right? Oh, okay, if someone comes and says, Okay, I'm coming from Badagri. Alright, I'm going to Sokoto. <laughs> you feel like, okay, are you, are you going by road? You say, yes. This is my car driver. <laughs> ah. When they talk about the devil and they talk about you, all right, it's not like, okay, he has power over the devil. No. He has exceedingly, abundantly, above, measurable power over the devil. 
far above. You don't talk to the devil like your mates. You better swallow. You say, hmm, that's it. Let it enter. So, kadabahaya. You know, so, uh, we, we've come with injections of the word. We inject you and it, it enters in. You hear people say, hmm. <laughs> Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And has put all things. How many things? I can't hear you. How many things? I don't beg. Did you hear me? I don't beg. Why? Because I am blessed. I'm a king. I command resources. Amen? And they come. They must come. Because if I need them for the work of the gospel, I need them to meet a need, they must come. Amen? I said amen. My confidence is not in my savings. I don't have confidence in savings. Hello? I'm not going to slap someone because I have 10 millionaire in my bank account. No. My confidence is in God. Hallelujah. Amen. Someone says, how? Alright. Two things. Number one, find your place in life and serve there. Be a blessing to people. Then through the network of relationships that you have established by the favor and the grace of God and serving others, lay a demand for money to come to you. Amen? Somebody will talk to another, even if the person is not in that network at that time. Even I'm saying here, someone who is there will talk to somebody that will bring that person into the network of relationships that you have and money will come. Can someone say amen to that? That's how money comes. So when I teach God's word, I may sweat. I'm not sweating so you can pay me, but I want to do my own part. I will labor. I will labor in the word and doctrine. I will serve you from my heart as unto the Lord. Amen? I'll pray for people like, that will be my last prayer for them. That's why I pray, pray from my heart. When you do that, you serve. Do what God has put in your hand. Do it faithfully. And then call for resources. That's why you see people who don't have things to do with their hands, they hardly have their needs met. Have you noticed that? Uh So I don't do ministry as though there's hope somewhere. This is the only hope I have. Are you what I'm saying here? I don't beg. I don't know if I pray for you, give me some. No, 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 no. But when I lay demand, some people may not be able to sleep. Not me, but God. The hearts of kings and princes. They're in the hands of God. Like rivers of waters. <laughs> he directs them with us wherever he wills. Glory to God. Amen. Come on, see authority. authority. I didn't hear you. See authority. authority. When I see people lazing around their job, I just shake my head. This one... Lord, open his eyes so that he doesn't suffer for free. How can you be doing your job like there's no future in that job for you? Kai. I prepared this message two months ago. 
Amen. Are you from saying here? The messages I will teach for the rest of the year, they're already there on ground. I know when I wake up in the morning, you have to be serious. If God looks at this one, it's not serious. And you're just commanding, let the billions become, and God says, through what channel now? Show me the channel. Say, no, the billions, they will just fall upon my head. God says, I don't walk that way. If the channel is not there, the money can come. So you establish the channel first. And then you decree a thing. Are you from saying here? Now let me just say this quickly as we close. My time is fast spent. Amen. Go back to Ephesians chapter 1. He has put how many things under his feet? All things. And give him to be the head over all things to the church. So Jesus is head over all things to you. For your benefit. Another translation says, for the benefit of the church. Glory to God. You see, all by myself, without him, I have no power at all. But in union with Christ, I'm invincible. And how can I ever live my life without him? I stay in this union continually. This is what I meditate on. I'm one with Christ. I'm one with Christ. His life is flowing in me. Glory to God. I'm one with him. His dominion is my dominion. In his name, I exercise sovereign authority. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. To the church, which is his body. The fullness of this dominion, of this authority that belongs to Christ, feels all in all in the church. That means we are going to see, in no time from now, sovereign authority exercised by the church. We are going to displace principalities and powers, manipulating men from the high places. We are going to take our place, hallelujah, in the exercise of dominion over situations and circumstances, over devils. You saw when the disciples of Jesus Christ, you know, were sent out to minister and they began to cast out devils. And they came back with news that even devils were subject to us in your name. He says, that's not your rejoicing. Rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. You know what that means? That is a piece of cake. Rolling up your sleeves for devils. Are they that important? Glory to God. See, in oneness with Christ, you are invincible. In oneness with Christ, you are indomitable. In oneness with Christ, you are unbeatable. And how do you come into that oneness? You get born again by faith in Jesus Christ. The very day you repose faith in Jesus and you got born again, you came into that oneness. It's an amazing grace. Amazing grace. You know what that means? Now, just like that, you're now in charge of demons, principalities and powers. You can tell them what to do. Amen? The only thing the church needs is education. Spiritual education. To understand your place as a child of God. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. 
Come on now, I said praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. That's who we are. We'll continue next week. But listen to this. Alright. Even right now, based on what you just heard, you have dominion over Satan. You have dominion over resources. Listen very carefully. Don't stoop low to lack. Don't make an explanation for poverty. God didn't create the earth and the resources in the earth for Satan and his children. The devil ought not to hold back what belongs to you. You break that hand. Amen? You break that hand. I remember something, I was pastoring a church somewhere, you know, that was, you know, those days in Ife. And something just happened in church, something was happening, you know, I won't mention so that you don't join those things, you just don't connect those dots. Amen? And then I said, Lord, what's happening? He said, if you permit it, it will take over the church. And I will still be God on my throne. So what do I do? Take authority over it. We'll be watching it like that. Just so that night, oh dear, man, we, I, I, I was, I was the holy anger of God rose up within me. I dealt with that thing. In less than two weeks, it became history. It just fizzled out. Amen. The Lord spoke to me and said, "That's the devil." Some people don't know that suggestions are made by the devil, some suggestions, just to seize their mouth and start engaging their mouth in gossip. They don't mind that. Alright. Oh, I dealt with that devil. And he seized. So one of my sons told me, he said, you know, something was, I said, look, <laughs> let me give you a secret. <laughs> Behind the scene, deal with that devil of gossip. For some people, you just see, they want to say something. <laughs> I've even forgotten. That's, they will forget. Why? Because you've dealt with the spirit inspiring people. The greatest power of the devil is actually the power of suggestion. Do you think this is the right thing? That's why everybody will just be going like this way, this way, and all that. You, are you, this is this conventional thing. Is this not religion? Do you think this is going to happen this way and all that? You know, so where's all the money going now? Are you sure they are using money for the glory and the gospel of Jesus Christ and all that? Everybody will just be giving like that. And then you just say, well, I was just thinking. I was saying, no, not you. you don't, we don't think that way. You see, you should be able to know the difference between you thinking and the devil thinking for you. Satan was thinking through the mind of Peter. He said, Jesus, you will not die. You will not die. <laughs> Jesus looked at him and said, this is not Peter. Assuredly, this is not Peter. <laughs> and he looked at Peter and said, Satan! Eh? Get thee behind me! Praise God. This is where we win the victory in our thoughts. We're coming to that believer's authority. Alright. Look at that lady. See her shape. See waist. See hip. If you grab her now, what will happen? 
All right. Well, it's just I'm just thinking, not you. You of God. Does God think that way? <laughs> see that money. If you steal it now, nobody will see you. Nobody will see you. Take it now. And meet your needs. After all, you saw what God did by his mercy and his providence when Jesus Christ needed money. He kept the money in the mouth of a fish. All right. All right. And then you look at where the safe is. It looks like a fish to you. (laughs) And the mouth is open like this. Now, if, if, if a thought is coming and I say, no, no, that, look at your wife and she says, do you know your wife doesn't really care about you? Last year, close to your birthday, she traveled. This year again, she's traveling. And every time she celebrates her birthday, you're always there. To be with her, to supply all the necessary support and all that. Evidently, she doesn't love you. But that secretary, you remember? Last year during your birthday, she was the only one that remembered. She was the first to call you. Not even your wife. Mm-hmm. It's not a revelation. <laughs> oh, I said, hmm. <laughs> Amen. Now, I know that that's not me thinking... Stop there, that foul spirit in the name of Jesus. I don't think that way. I will correct my wife. I will just raise it with her. But I know she loves me. She has sacrificed for me. Don't ever, you know, and then she said, the devil, get out. Amen. You see, that's how people, see, things start in their heart and then extramarital affairs begins. Anytime he sees the woman, she doesn't love me. She does not love me. You see, the way you answer, you answer from that mindset. And the moment you take side with the devil, you absorb into you, your consciousness, that thought. You know what happens? You have empowered that devil to manipulate your thinking. But the moment you say, hey, stop that. No more. Amen. You look around, nobody loves you in this church. When was the last time somebody called you? Whereas they've been trying your line. You changed your line. You didn't tell anybody. But the devil won't tell you that you changed your line. They've been calling, 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 calling. Anything that is not of love, anything that is inconsistent with the nature of God, is not of God. You reject it. Say amen to that. Say, I hear. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Did you see that? (laughs) So you have authority over Satan. Say, I hear. All right. The authority is yours in Christ. You are now one with him. Say, hallelujah. Come on, say, hallelujah. Come on, say hallelujah. Wave your hands to the Lord right now and give him praise for the authority that he's given you over Satan, over nature, over sicknesses and diseases, over lack, 
Give him praise, give him glory, give him honor. Thank him right now. Say, Father, I thank you. 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 Now I know that I have dominion. Now I know I have dominion. I have dominion over sicknesses and diseases, over Satan. I have dominion over nature. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Come on now, lift your hands and give thanks to the Lord and bless him. Blessed be God forevermore. In Jesus' mighty name, we have given thanks. Now, for those who are not yet born again, you are missing out on a lot. Too much. I want to give you the opportunity to get saved in a hurry. You need to be born again now. You know it in your heart that you are not saved. Your friends know it. God knows it. The devil knows it. It's time for you to surrender your heart to Jesus. He loves you. He died for your sins. It's time to surrender your heart to Jesus. You want to be born again? Raise your hand above your head. I want to pray with you now. Raise your hand above your head. Anybody like that, you need to be saved right now, born again. Raise your hand above your head. God bless you. Do that quickly, 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 quickly. Anybody like that, raise your hand above your head. I want to pray for you now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't miss this opportunity. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Anybody like that? Ushers, help me, help me. Protocol guys, help me, help me. Anybody? Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. So this is a company of saints. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the entrance of your word has given us light. In Jesus' name, amen. Say these words after me. In the name of Jesus. Say it like you mean it. In the name of Jesus. I'm in union with Christ. His victory is my victory. His authority is my authority. His power is my power. His blessings are my blessings. Today, I make bold to declare that I have authority over Satan and all his demons. I have authority over sicknesses and diseases. I have authority over lack, over poverty. I have authority over mishaps, over evil. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am one with Christ and he is one with me. Glory to God. 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 Give the Lord a shout.